Hundreds of years ago, mankind had taken to the stars. And when we did, we quickly discovered something. We are not alone. But it wasn't little green men or Martians that we needed to fear. It was other life forms seeking the same things we were. Prosperity, scientific advancement, the continuity of life at all costs. When Earth became depleted of resources, we took to the stars to find new ways of sustaining ourselves. But we didn't find it empty. We found others. Others doing the same things we were. The difference between us and all of them? They knew there were others. We didn't. War struck, and we quickly realized we were outmanned and outgunned. We had to reevaluate, and quickly, or else we would come in last in the battle to survive. In a matter of years, we grew tremendously, and large enough to plant ourselves a foothold near Earth. And we even established a small colony mining newly discovered elements like a floral type, which has proven invaluable in our society today. And that is where our story begins, on a small earth colony named K2L. This colony was important because of the floral type veins that ran deep into the foundations of this planet, seemingly endless. Having this foothold was important not only to the survival of humankind, but also to the survival of others. Other life forms and species established trade with us, and this allowed us to grow our economy and relationships with others, like the Chozo race. But it wasn't always in everyone's best interest to play fair. Space pirates became an issue. We were able to hold back their raids for a time, but they became stronger and stronger by the tens, the twenties, and ever increasing it seemed, until one day we couldn't hold them back any longer. One day they came in droves, and with them, it came. Their leader, that bloodthirsty sadistic dragon, Ridley. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 24 of Video Game Mythos. Another week has passed, and another episode is in the bank. Ryan and I have been busting our butts to bring you this content, and you know why? It's because we love you. Everything we do is out of our love and appreciation for you, because without you, we wouldn't be here. So get involved. Submit those ideas. This week's idea was submitted by none other than the listener Max Zengline from Washington, D.C. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. So who is next? Submit those ideas for our show, send them straight to me or Ryan at our emails, Michael or Ryan at 13palmtrees.com. We love your emails almost as much as we love video games. And man, do we love video games. So take the time to do that and we will do our best to do your character suggestion some justice, some meaty, lorry backstory justice. I know I'm just making up words at this point. Another thing you should take the time to do, if you would be so kind, is to leave this podcast a review and five stars on your favorite podcasting app if it lets you do that. 
We definitely appreciate all the support we have received thus far, and it is because of you that we have made the charts. We were all the way up to number five in the Games and Hobbies charts on iTunes, and that is because of you guys. Thank you to you and all of the 13 Palm Trees crew as well. All of our podcasts have charted this month. D&D Kinda, our actual play D&D podcast, hit number one in the Games and Hobbies charts and number 122 in the top 200 overall podcasts. Wild. Gurus of Gaming hit number three in the Games and Hobbies section and Wasted Local Talent made it to 156 in the top 200 for society and culture. These are massive wins for us and we would have never have seen as much growth if we... And we have never seen such growth as we have in the past few weeks. And this is all thanks to you. You are the foundation of our success. We want you to be more involved. 13 Palm Trees has launched some Patreon accounts for two of our shows. And if you want to be part of our success, head on over to patreon.com slash dndkinda and patreon.com slash wasted local talent. We have amazing rewards we are giving away and we are super stoked to have another opportunity to give back to our listeners. So now let's put on our Chozo suits jump into our spaceships and chase the backstory of everyone's favorite death evading PTSD inducing dragon Ridley. So where did Ridley come from? Good question. No one really knows. The canon lore, as well as the non-canonical sources, are all silent, which is odd for a series that's focused so heavily on backstory and content-driven data logs. So what do we do? To Reddit! A lot of conversation have been sparked on this topic, but ultimately it boils down to this. Ridley is just another life form with a lair on Zebes. Is that where he is from? Who knows? What we do know is that he is a purple dragon-like being that just happened to have an upbringing that led to being intertwined with the high command of the space pirate regime. Now, despite that being relatively quote-unquote normal and or quote-unquote boring by today's standards, I like it because it breathes life into the idea that the Metroid universe thrives and perpetuates itself, all despite the crazy amazing adventures of our illustrious ultimate warrior Samus. Now, sure, there may have been genetic manipulation or alterations made to Ridley at some point, but everything is pure speculation. Maybe Nintendo will give us more information on this in the future. Metro Prime 4 may have answers if it ever comes out, but I wouldn't count on it. As mentioned, at some point, Ridley became involved with the operations of the space pirate regime. We don't know what the intent is here, whether or not he was born or hatched into the space pirate regime or high command, if Ridley's race is naturally evil and he was recruited, or if Ridley just started young with high command and rose to the ranks. Again, speculative. What we do know though, as mentioned in episode two, is that Ridley at some point became a high ranking space pirate which is a band of intergalactic assholes that use their unwielding force and merciless tactics to combat the Galactic Federation and pretty much take and do whatever they want. On Earth Colony K2L, Samus Aran, her family, and the other colonists were busy mining a floral type when Ridley and his band of space pirates attacked. This led to Ridley killing both Samus's mother and father, defining the beginning of Samus and Ridley's mortal feud. 
This was only the first of Ridley's sadistic and bloodthirsty nature rearing its ugly head. Since then, Samus and Ridley have clashed several times with Samus usually emerging victorious, but never without a loss of some sort. Ridley's brutality is matched only by his resilience, and he regularly returns from apparent death to do battle with Samus once more. As such, the space pirate leader is fittingly referred to as the cunning god of death in his zero-mission official art on the Metroid fandom sites. For those of you not familiar with Ridley, describing him is a little bit difficult because, well, it changes depending on the Metroid title you are currently conquering. One thing is consistent though, Ridley is always a skeletal dragon with glowing eyes. Despite his bestial appearance, Ridley is known to be highly intelligent and even shown to be capable of speech in the magazine Z manga. He was also apparently capable of building a robot in his own likeness, so he's obviously pretty smart. Now, the manga that details Samus's early life revealed that Ridley was extremely adept in survival skills. According to a comment made in the manga, Ridley survived the assault on his flagship by consuming human flesh, which apparently heals his wounds. What a fucking badass. Overall though, Ridley had the appearance of a dragon with his head and neck resembling that of a pterodactyl. He also possessed a spiked, segmented tail with a hooked end that he used in battle. In the NES version, he mostly appeared similar to his later appearances, although the head crest was missing and was depicted as only slightly taller than Samus Aran. In addition, the artwork for Ridley, depending on the source, either depicted him with a leech-like head and pterodactyl feet, or otherwise as a chibi dragon with expressive purple eyes. How cute! Interestingly though, both sources depicted Ridley with blue skin although the final game itself depicted Ridley with purple skin. From Super Metroid on, the only exception being Metroid Other M, which, let's face it, not a real game, and not counting either Meta Ridley or Proteus Ridley, his design was revamped. He had bidactyl feet, had a largely emaciated appearance, and his eyes were generally depicted as glowing ominously, although there have been a few instances where he was depicted with irises as well as his head given definitive pterodactyl features, including a head crest and a distinctive bent neck. Most importantly is that he also had his size increase, although not to the same extent as Kraid, where Samus's height just barely reaches the top of Ridley's chest while the latter is crouching. In Metroid Other M, Ridley, or rather his clone, had some notable differences in physical appearance. In particular, he was given a more muscular build, and his snout now had the top half being smaller than the bottom half, as well as pointed slightly upward, and he possessed four fingers and a thumb instead of two fingers and a thumb on his hand, as well as tridactyl feet. Despite this, however, in Metroid Fusion, his appearance resembled how he generally looked since Super Metroid. Neo Ridley, however, is shown to be much larger with enlarged talons and claws, and also possessing thinner lips exposing his teeth constantly. Nia Ridley also seemed to possess gill-like openings on his back just behind his wings and is depicted as being colored blue instead of his usual purple. We talked about the fact that Ridley is a bloodthirsty and salacious being, but it would be neglectful to leave it at that, as normally that would imply he's just brash when it comes to violence. 
but that isn't the case. Ridley has shown to be an intelligent and competent battle tactician. This enables him to be both a serious threat by himself and with his space pirate crew. Bloodthirsty tactician aside, Ridley has frequently displayed a very sadistic sense of humor, evidenced by his various comments against Samus upon their first meeting since K2L. Ridley even went as far as to taunt Samus by saying that he may have eaten and incorporated the cells of Samus's mother's corpse into his body and sardonically wondered what part of her cells reside in him. He then proceeded to bring his foot down on Samus, growling, saying, at least pay your respects, referring to her dead mother, showing just how much joy he takes in the suffering of others. Ridiculous. His abilities in battle range, but his most common method of attack include his claws, his talons, and his tail. Ridley is also capable of breathing plasma beams in battle, either in the form of large fireballs or a large stream. His tail is also razor sharp and can be used to impale other things or significantly wound them in Samus's case. All of this makes Ridley a serious challenge for Samus and without a doubt, her arch enemy. Time and time again they fight, and in each battle, despite the outcome being Ridley's defeat, he finds a way to return. But are they all the same Ridley? There's some debate to that. Some people say yes, he's just a survivor. Some people say they're all different, and others think there's only three. And here's a take on that theory. The original Ridley is the Ridley that kills Samus's parents on K2L. This is the Ridley that Samus encounters in Zero Mission, leading the space pirate mothership to Zebes, following Kraid's defeat at the hands of Samus. Following his battle with Samus in Lower Norfair, or Ridley's Lair, Ridley is mortally wounded by Samus, but not entirely killed. After Samus defeats Mother Brain and blows up the space pirate mothership, the remaining orbiting space pirate frigates, Orpheon, Seratius, and Vol Paragon, collected what was left behind of the destruction, including the barely alive remains of Ridley, and left to rebuild the space pirate regime. The frigate Orpheon was the ship that took Ridley on board, repaired and enhanced him cybernetically, turning Ridley into Meta Ridley. Orpheon was damaged critically by a fusion core reactor at the fault of the Parasite Queen, and later crash-landed on Talon IV. During Samus's escape, she finds Meta Ridley, who escapes also and flees to the planet's surface. Samus next sees Ridley flying over the Fendrana Drifts, presumably to the space pirate bases and labs to warn them of Samus's arrival. Samus's final encounter with Meta Ridley on Talon IV is the Artifact Temple, where the Chozo statues damage Ridley extensively and defeat him once again. Ridley is presumed dead. In Metroid Prime 3, Samus is attacked by Meta Ridley once more, but escapes before being ambushed, fighting Ridley as the two tumbled to their doom. Rundus saves Samus, and Ridley is free to escape back to the space pirate homeworld, where he becomes the planet's Phazon core guardian and has its cybernetic enhancements removed in favor of Phazon, which repairs Ridley beyond his original strength, turning him into Omega Ridley. When Samus faces Omega Ridley in the pirate homeworld Leviathan, he is defeated, but is not defeated or killed, but flees. And when Samus destroys Phaze and all Phazon in the universe with it, 
Ridley's corruption is cured, much the same as Samus's is at the end of the game, leaving Ridley, his old purely organic self again, and able to lead the space pirates yet again devoid of all cybernetic or phazon-based enhancements. The next time we see Ridley is during the events of Super Metroid, collecting the baby Metroid from the research center and slaughtering the lab workers. Samus chases him to Zebes, where she finds and faces the version of Ridley one final time. Whether she kills or merely mortally wounds Ridley is unknown, and irrelevant as soon after, Samus kills Mother Brain and escapes Zebes before the planet self-destructs, and all traces of a body, salvageable or not, are destroyed for good. This is the end of the first version of Ridley, the original Ridley, who is actual Samus's nemesis. After the events of Super Metroid, the Galactic Federation used traces and cells from Samus's armor to clone creatures from Zebes and Metroids for the use as bioweapons and inadvertently clone Ridley, birthing an infant form the baby dubbed Little Birdie. It uses Samus and other creatures on the ship to feed, showing great leadership and cunning at such an infant form. Upon reaching adolescence, it seemed to be able to control most of the bottle ship creatures using just its cry, and tries to assault and kill the Zero Seven platoon and Samus. Samus fights the adolescent form and forces it to flee in the wake of defeat, which is an often used survival tactic of Ridley, until Samus finds its discarded shell ahead of the geothermal power plant. And it's here that Samus finds the fully grown Ridley, whose growth was probably accelerated by the bottle ship scientists and has her post-traumatic stress attack. As Zebes was the only fight he 100% could not escape from, that is the reason for Samus's reaction to seeing him alive. Samus fights him, but once again before she can deliver the final blow, Ridley flees. This version of Ridley is killed as Samus later finds him fully drained by one of the Metroids, possibly the Metroid that evolves into the Queen. The dead husk of Ridley is transported to the BSL research station with many other items from the bottle ship. While in the BSL labs, Samus comes across the depleted husk of Ridley in the storage unit, only to see it collapse in an ex-parasite escaping to somewhere else on the ship. Samus finds it one last time before it transforms into Neo Ridley, and Samus and Ridley fight once again. Samus defeats the X-created Ridley and absorbs it, collecting the screw attack ability. This marks the end of Ridley, as no known DNA samples exist anywhere, and the BSL labs were destroyed with planet SR-388. Now, the official Metroid wiki does call out this fact. Though Ridley often appears in different forms, it is clarified through scans found in the Metroid Prime series, as well as events portrayed in Metroid Other M, that every one of his incarnations chronologically seen strangely. Some of his prior battles ended with his body seemingly exploding, but in-game lore states he survived those violent defeats until Super Metroid. Like, dude, what a survivor. This makes Ridley's most notable ability by far his ability to cheat death. Seriously, check this shit out. His survival from his ship's destruction on K2L by consuming the bodies of dead humans, according to the manga. 
his reconstruction as Meta Ridley following his first defeat on Zebes, surviving his fall into the impact crater, surviving another long fall into the shaft of Generator C on Norion, becoming infused with Phazon and transforming into a Mega Ridley. Following his battle in the pirate homeworld Seed, he returned via unknown means with no traces of Phazon on his body and less cybernetic improvements to battle Samus as Proteus Ridley. After his crushing defeat on SR388, he shed the rest of his cybernetics and appeared whole once more when he confronted Samus on the Sere space colony. His battle against Samus during the final visit to Zebes would be the definitive end of the original Ridley. However, true to his title as the God of Death, Ridley quite literally returns from the dead through astonishing circumstances. Unbeknownst to Samus, Ridley's blood is splattered and preserved on her power suit during the last battle in Lower Norfair, like we talked about earlier, allowing the Galactic Federation personnel to unknowingly collect his DNA and create his clone on the bottleship. Following his death on the bottleship, his deceased body is removed from the Biologic Space Laboratory's research center for preservation, where his DNA is copied and used by a shape-shifting organism to morph into a mimicry of Ridley. What a hard ass. How is he so adept at surviving? Well, here is an interesting theory. Ridley is not a normal life form. He is actually chaos incarnate. Seriously, no matter how many times he's offed, he keeps coming back. Considering several other characters in the franchise have kicked the bucket and stayed gone, what is with this guy's penchant for pulling a Jason Voorhees every installment? And how is he stronger and better every time he comes back? Fans theorize that there is a deep intention behind it, namely that Ridley is actually an entity that is chaos incarnated, an immortal force setting on by pushing Samus to her limit. This theory holds some weight, as since the very beginning, Ridley has been a thorn in Samus's side. Age three until now, killing her parents, tormenting her dreams, and each and every mission. There is some serious cadence to this theory. Another crazy theory about Ridley's origins is that Ridley, despite his dragon-like body, is actually a Chozo. First off, the physiological similarities. I mean, he literally looks like a mutated bird. Metroid Other M displays him in this form like Little Birdie, where he bears striking resemblance to a Chozo. He has some similar features, especially his head, and various Chozo statues in the games bear subtle resemblance to Ridley. What if he was an original test subject for the power suit technology, or he stole it, but something went really wrong and it twisted him into the form that he is today, maybe frying his mind in the process? It would explain his hatred for Samus as it worked for her and not him. Also, the last Chozo memory. Tell me the statue of that rebellious Chozo doesn't remind you of someone could very well be when Ridley began to rebel and take his spot in high command. Regardless of his origins, if there is one or three of him, Ridley has not only cemented himself as Samus's arch enemy, but also as one of the most formidable foes in video game lore as a whole. Thank you for listening to Video Game Mythos.